0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the Augsburg Confession, looking at Article 18. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Whatever your vocation is, start here. Go anywhere grounded in God's Word.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. My name is Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by...
2: Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osher. All right, we're back at it. Back at it, testing out our brand new <laughs> equipment. If you could see us now.
0: We yeah. look professional. Yeah, we, yes. we
2: we almost look as professional as we did uh, back in Brian's recording <laughs> studio. <laughs> right, Not That's quite right. to that level, but... Uh, we are definitely a higher quality wannabe than we were for the last six months. Right. And, you
1: know, before we were recording, you were mentioning that everybody and his dog has a podcast. Yeah. Uh,
2: I want to hear the dog podcast. Is that... I guarantee it's out. Just search iTunes. I guarantee there's a dog cast <laughs> somewhere. Right. And there's going to be dogs barking. Or, you know, like the dude who changed the pitches of the dogs and, like, they bark, we wish you a Merry
0: Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. sure it's out there. Yeah. Well, what What does the fox say? Is that... Oh, that's what comes yes. up in my mind, but that's a video. So Yeah. Sorry.
1: My kids still ask Siri about that, and yeah. there's an answer
2: my my little one-year-old niece is learning her animal sounds, and she does cow, and she does sheep, and she does pig. <laughs> and then her mom, my sister, taught her, uh, what does the fox say? And she walks around the living going, ding,
0: ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and uh, it is
2: the cutest thing in the history of the world, and I no longer hate that song anymore. <laughs> huh. All because of kids. All because yeah. my niece is adorable. Yes,
1: that's right. Well, thank you for listening to us as opposed to uh dog casts or anything else. Cast. Yeah. Uh, we, we love doing what we're doing. And so today we have a great uh, episode. And this is a start of a four episode arc on uh, article 18 of Augsburg Confession and its apology. And uh, today we're talking about the freedom of the will. Hooray! I'm actually
2: super excited for this topic. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, it feels like I say this almost, you know, like for the last five or six episodes, but this is something the American church gets totally right. and unequivocally wrong. Yep. And the truth behind the the actual doctrine of man's will is so much better because it glorifies God in what he's done for us. It, uh, one of the best ways to deliver... The, the good news and apply the good news of the gospel is to take a long look at how screwed up we are as humans. <laughs> and, uh, that goes all the way back to our free will or lack thereof.
0: I think, you know, not only is God glorified, but consciences are comforted in this will as well, in this, uh, article as well, because, When we think about our will, the question always becomes, is my will good enough? Mm -hmm. Is my free will doing what it needs to be doing to make God happy? Hmm. Uh, And this is where, when I realized this doctrine... Uh, as as it's taught here in this article, as well as more importantly Scripture, right? Um, that that is what really comforted my conscience for sure. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And you know, I, I think of of all the related topics to this too. Of you know, it feels like when we we're talking about baptism, especially that this gets brought into the the equation. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for what we're going to look at here today. Any any other opening comments before I read the the actual article from the Augsburg Confession? Well, it's a longer article, so why don't
2: you go ahead and read it, yep. and we'll
1: get right into it. <laughs> all right. You, you're doing all right there? Yeah, just preparing for it. Right. Good. All right. Uh, Augsburg Confession, Article 18 on the Freedom of the Will. It is also taught among us that man possesses some measure of freedom of the will, which enables him to live an outwardly honorable life and to make choices among the things that reason comprehends. But without the grace, help, and activity of the Holy Spirit, man is not capable of making himself acceptable to God, of fearing God and believing in God with his whole heart or of expelling inborn evil lust from his heart. This is accomplished by the Holy Spirit, who is given through the word of God. For Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, natural man does not receive the gifts of the Spirit of God. In order that it may be evident that this teaching is no novelty, the clear words of Augustine on free will are here quoted from the third book of his Hypognosticon. Am I saying that correctly? Hypognosticon? Hypo, did I say it? Yeah. Or hypognosticon? Hypognosticon. Yeah, go for it. All right, there we go. Own it. We'll, we'll roll it. Okay. Uh, we concede that all men have a free will, for all have a natural, innate understanding and reason. However, this does not enable them to act in matters pertaining to God, such as loving God with their whole heart or fearing Him. For it is only in the outward acts of this life that they have freedom to choose good or evil. By good, I mean what they are capable of by nature, whether or not to labor in the fields, whether or not to eat or drink or visit a friend, whether to dress or undress, whether to build a house, take a wife, engage in a trade, or do whatever else may be good and profitable. None of these is or exist without God, but all things are from him and through him. On the other hand, by his own choice, man can also undertake evil, as when he wills to kneel before an idol, commit murder, etc. All right, that's the end of the article.
2: That that last part of the article, you just kind of stop and like, that escalated really quickly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> kneels before an idol or commits murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's right. The more of a spectrum, you would think, in there, right. but, well, you know, theologically speaking. Yeah, scripture does that too
1: sometimes where they, they list off a bunch of stuff and then like lying is included and, you know, with like murder or, or some other, you know, horrendous sin. Yeah, there's there's lying and then there's
2: genocide.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, there's a lot to unpack in this article,
2: Uh, the freedom of the will. And uh, where should we start? Let's just go get this out right in the open right now. Let's just air all the dirty laundry. (laughs) Uh, You don't have free will. In (gasps) in the proper American understanding of the term. Right. There is no free will. Yeah. Now, that is not to say that Christians and Lutherans are determinists. We, we, you know, that's... Uh, the, what is a determinist? That everything God has scripted mm-hmm. uh, in such a way that it must happen in that way. Uh, we don't confess that either. But w- typically, I think when the church, the generic American church confesses free will... They're they're kind of thinking it in the uh, Matrix sense of free will, and I just saw. I was gonna say, did you just watch that? The movie? last yeah, <laughs> I, saw, I saw the fourth Matrix last night uh, before we were recording, and uh, the whole phrase from the Matrix is "Free your mind," huh? And uh, that's not possible under sin. And and so you, you're, you're juggling... The idea of free will flows from the error that human beings are basically good. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And the problem of sin blows that away immediately. But if that's the point that the church is coming to the table on this topic with, we're starting from a wrong perspective and it gets us into all sorts of trouble, theologically speaking, mm-hmm. because man... As a sinner is not basically good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you start talking about the bigger picture, this is where you get into issues about infant baptism and infant faith, nice. age of accountability, things like that. If you are born a sinner from conception, you need to be saved. But it also means that from conception, you are carrying the taint of sin with you, and
0: that corrupts your will. Hmm. And it's completely corrupted, right? In that, how would you define that? When you look at that, there's not like 1% of me that I just have to summon. There's like 100% of me that needs the spirit. Well, and part of that, like the way you say it, part of it, we
2: just got to get rid of our addiction to put everything on sliding scales and spectrums. That, that's generally not how things work, theologically speaking. Like, it goes back to what we were talking about. is You make the leap from bowing before an idol to committing murder, right? Yeah, right. In God's eyes, all of it's breaking his law. And if you've broken one commandment, you've broken all of his commandments. But the, the whole corruption thing is a great time to promote a different part of the book of Concord. in that article one of the formula deals with this. Mm-hmm. So our will is thoroughly corrupted and tainted by sin so that there is no good thing retrievable from it, Mm -hmm. right? We are not in our nature evil as far as a philosophical term because that would make God the creator of evil. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's the distinction if, if, you know, because we're going to be hitting that in 17 years from now, when we get to the formula of Concord and start (laughs) recording our way through that, if you want the, the, the perspective of, of what's at stake in this article, take a pause and read through article one of the formula of Concord. And and that will talk about the sin nature. We talked about original sin a little bit earlier on in the Augsburg confession too, but... uh, There is no naturally recoverable part of our goodness. We've lost the image of God because of sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, that doesn't make God the creator of evil, but he's right now when he creates a new human, he is forming a new human out of tainted substance.
1: Hmm. Yeah. You know, as we begin to talk about this, topic, uh, you know, it calls to mind uh, the conversations I've had through the years, especially with those in general American evangelicalism or American Christianity, uh, just about uh, God didn't make us a robot. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of uh, discussion points about... God doesn't force himself on us, yeah, kind yeah, of things it, like that. In, in terms of, you know, how we're saved. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to us digging into that a little more as well.
2: Well, and, and the big criticism here that we need to put things in proper perspective when we're talking about the generic American church is they get the the free will inverted. So the proper confession that we make here as Lutherans, according to Article 18, is we have free will in matters of civic righteousness.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that's a good place to go here. Uh, you know, <laughs> here in the, in the confessions, there's kind of the towards uh, the, you know, the civil righteousness and then the spiritual righteousness, kind of uh, looking upwards uh, spiritually towards God and, and, and just kind of the affairs of this world. So, yeah, you
2: can choose, I mean, so the in the article, it says, we are free in matters of reason. Mm-hmm. And civic righteousness. So, so all this adds up is you're free to choose what pair of socks you put on. I figured you were going to go there. I, yeah. I just had a... We'll get there. I wear white socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wear black socks, cheater. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Uh, um, uh, you're, you're free to, to decide yeah. what to wear that day. You're free yeah. to decide what to eat for breakfast and lunch and dinner insofar that you have those resources, right? Uh, you're free to choose to mow your neighbor's lawn or not mow your neighbor's lawn. If you're, you're free in those decisions. Where you're not free is works that please God, you, you don't have the freedom to perform those works because you don't have the ability to perform those works. They're not within your power. Nothing you can do apart from faith pleases God because it's done with the taint of sin. And, and so you can't choose to believe in God. You can't choose to uh, be a Christian. And and what where the American church inverts this, and and it's always the joke. But I I know pastors, and I know you guys know pastors mm-hmm. that are in parishes where people are paralyzed to make normal everyday decisions. You know, it's it's pastor. I want to know what God's will is for my life, and and mm-hmm. you know it'll paralyze what college you're gonna take or or what job you're going to pursue, or even you know, the quote from St. Augustine, you mm-hmm. know, who you're going to marry becomes a matter of, of deep theological paralysis. But then at the same time, the generic American church will turn and confess that we have absolute freedom to choose God over other idols. Uh, or, or other Id- over idols, uh, we mm-hmm. have uh, absolute freedom to choose to be in God's will. We have absolute freedom, uh, you know. G- Jesus might be your savior, or is He your Lord? And so we choose to to live a life like that, and and that
0: is contrary to what Scripture teaches us, and contrary to what we would confess in this article. Mm-hmm. I, I think we got to explore maybe the reason why, you know, why is it that we are so afraid, for instance, of stepping outside of the center of God's will? Why are we so afraid of that? And yet, um, you know, we're, we're, we want God's will there, but we're so offended when you say, well, what do you mean I didn't decide? What, what do you mean that I did? I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And we take that as our confession of coming into the faith. Why that dichotomy? It Both sides of that, issue comes down to works righteousness.
2: So on the negative side, we have this paralysis of of inability to do things that God has given us the freedom to do because we believe it is what we do or don't do that wins our approval before God. You know, what I've counseled people, what if I married the wrong person? Well, did you get married? Yes, then you married the right person based on the way God operates in marriage, right? That's one side of it. And the other side of it, it still works righteousness because we want to have a little bit of credit for that. I prayed the sinner's prayer. I responded to the invitation. I walked up to that altar call and willingly gave my life to Christ. And, and we want some sense... Uh, I've, I've actually heard a preacher call it skin in the game,
0: Hmm. Sure. Hmm. Interesting, you know?
2: and and it's the same issue from different perspectives, depending on which direction we're looking. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that,
1: you know, those are that's an example of subjective faith that has come from the objective preaching of the word, and. Yes, we are the ones believing, uh, but it's it's the spirit that is, has worked in that faith and has created that faith uh, through the power of the gospel. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, the way scripture describes us and, and our will, um, it, it paints a different picture. Well,
2: it's a massive point that you're making right there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, If we want to be fair and charitable to what is going on in the American church... It's that there is a distinction that is being blurred between objective justification and subjective justification, right? And so objective justification is the, the universal reality of what God has accomplished in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins in history, and his blood atones for all the sins of all the people for all time, that you can't alter that because that's a, a, a fact. Right. Subjective justification is that I personally apprehend that or receive that by faith. And and where the American church runs with this because of the confusion on free will is that faith becomes the exercise of my will rather than a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And and it's so interesting how many times I have heard... uh, Protestants, you know, you know, generic American Christians, quote favorably Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you know, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is a gift of God is not your own doing so that no one may boast, right? That's the hmm. Jason paraphrase edition of that, mm-hmm. those two verses. They'll quote that because you can't find a faithful Protestant in America who won't uh, triumphantly triumphantly confess faith alone, faith alone, faith alone. But when you get into the details of what they're confessing, faith is almost always described as our contribution, as our work.
0: Right. It's something that we have to do. Something that we... Um, the, the idea that I have to believe. I And we get that, I think, from... Um, well, many Christmas movies, right? The idea. of <laughs> the Hallmark Channel. I just Channel. believe enough. I was watching uh, over the Christmas uh, season a little short clip from Ice Age. You know the the movie Ice Age. And the dad, Mammoth, whatever his name is, Manny, like Manny Yeah. Manny, yeah. He, he refuses... Ray Romano. They, <laughs> they don't have, they don't have uh, uh, Christmas trees, they have Christmas rocks, and he's kind of got these traditions, and then they're trying to find Santa, and the wife is just like, well, if maybe if you just believe is it Ellie you, you know you just need to believe can you just do it for your daughter and it's like he musters up okay fine i'll do it whatever okay i believe and there is santa right and that caused santa that's the wrong understanding of faith and i think that's what a lot of times we view faith as you know and it that's the danger that's the danger we we lean into the fact that okay i believe this therefore it must be true and it 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 always comes back to me and that's what i was saying before that really taints it really challenges us in thinking am i good enough. And there's a relief when you realize, wait a minute, faith is a gift of God, just like it says in scripture. Just like he promises all along. The faith that we can have, as Psalm 22 says, from our mother's breast, right? That nature of faith that comes from God and God alone is so much more comforting than do i believe enough am i going to get Santa sleigh off the ground like an elf, you know? <laughs> or is he going to crash and burn in central park?
2: You know, when it, when it comes down to it, I'm just really happy you picked on Ice Age Christmas, because of all the Christmas <laughs> movies you could have picked on, that's probably the least beloved of them all. I don't know that anyone I didn't want to offend anyone. I don't I don't know that anyone has a special place in their heart for the Ice Age Christmas, but like you could pick on Polar Express
0: here. Uh, <laughs> I could. Yeah, I could, but I chose. <laughs> I chose, you chose not there to. You go. I chose not to. I had the will. I had free will in the matters oh, of external things boom. to do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. So yeah, the two pitfalls. Of the American Christian conception of faith is one, that faith comes in quantities. And I've taught in my congregation so much that they know the reflex now that uh, the most meaningless English sentence you can utter is you've got to have faith. (laughs) <laughs> if you leave it there, there's a because faith, Michael. Yeah, you, no object. You gotta have faith, the yeah. faith, the faith. <laughs> <laughs> don't get carried away it, with this new equipment here. It, it, it sounds so much cooler <laughs> when you sing it though. Uh, I don't quite have the voice that George Michael Right, uh, uh, but it, faith comes in a quantity and all you need is more of it. To feel better about it, that's that, more of a Catholic view than. It, but yeah. but it really see this is this is. I mean, we're going to go down all the yeah, rabbit trails, yeah, but right. this is the other thing: is by doctrine, the generic American church has way more in common with the Roman Catholic Church of Luther's day. Than they do with Protestant Lutherans mm-hmm. it the you know it, it, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast that yeah. kind of the 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 standing foundation of the generic American church is that's too Catholic and, and the only thing that's not too Catholic for the generic American church is the doctrine because we come full circle the celebrity pastors, the Pope and faith as a quantity or or as a substance mm-hmm. all those are covered. In the Roman Confutation, actually, on this article, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, and I was going to say, what are what are some of those things that they are condemning?
2: So the 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 middle, they try to of all the places that the Romans, uh, the the Roman Catholics would try to carve out a middle ground here, because a lot of the times they just condemn the Lutherans outright. Uh, they receive this article and accept it like they agree with the Lutherans. And then they commit the same errors over and over again. So so they, they say that we, we uh, reject the Pelagians, and the Pelagian heresy is that we cooperate with God for our salvation, that we can, uh, by our, the exercise of our own will, we can obey God without the Holy Spirit. And uh, they reject the Manichaeans, and the Manichaean heresy is what we were talking about, that everything is predetermined and, and we have no control. Hmm. You know, it's, And they reject all of that. And then they cite a litany of Bible verses, which they quote all out of context, and they're (laughs) all wrong. Oh oh, no! uh, They the Roman Catholics come out as Pelagians, and we're up against it here. So I'll just end this quote from the 1994 Roman Catholic Catechism that says, "We cooperate with the power and action." of the Holy Spirit for our own justification. Hmm. And uh, this is not, I'm not trying to misrepresent. Right, that's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. We will pause here and say, there's just a bunch of terms in that statement that Lutherans and Catholics are going to disagree about and define differently. But it's it's really alarming, because if you follow Roman Catholic theology to the nth degree, you have to throw divine monergism out the window, Mm -hmm. and you have to say that we cooperate with God for our salvation. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you insert yourself into the equation, you remove Jesus. Hmm. Even if it's 1%. It's not a sliding scale, but mm -hmm. we learn. Oh, okay. Even if it's 1%, (laughs) you're going to be so focused on that 1%. Yeah. It, it has to be all God or no God at all.
1: Hmm. Well, the gauntlet has been laid down. That, maybe that's a good place to end. Just yeah, come drop, back next time. Drop it right there. Yeah. yeah.
0: How do we handle the Catholics? We'll find out next time. Yeah. <laughs> on Being Lutheran. On the dog. Oh, pot. No, Being Lutheran. The being Lutheran. I was going to yes, say dog right. cast, yes. but we, we got past that. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and Pastor Adam continue their discussion on Article 18 of the Augsburg Confession. For the latest in the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.